And all right, so as I said to you earlier, we're going to be looking at the situation in Eswatini and trying to understand the current protests that are taking place there and what has really led to these protests. How long has the planning for these protests been taking place? Because one can see when you look at how things have developed in particular over uh, the last two weeks that um, they've been these sporadic protests. It has not been uh, something that was done spontaneously. There certainly is a sense that there has been planning amongst different organizations within different communities. And we're going to try and really understand um, what it is that the people are looking for here. Let me welcome onto the show on Honorable President Gauzela. He's a member of the Eswatini Parliament. Uh, Mr. Gauzela, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time this morning. Kathy, God is good. I'm good. Good morning to all the viewers in Jesus' name. You are named as one of the members of the Eswatini Parliament that has been at the forefront of what we are seeing as the resistance, as the protest that has taken place right now. Perhaps from your own perspective, in your own words, where did this begin? Uh, all right, my sister, maybe briefly, let me tell uh, the people that uh, Eswatini is a monarchy. Uh, then the problem we used to have is that the executive, the head of government, is not elected by the people, but the head of government is appointed by the king. People wanted the king to reign as a king, but the head of government be led or influenced by the by, by, by the masses. This experiment of appointing the, the the prime minister has been going on for over forty years. Unfortunately, it has been draining the economy, more especially because all focus is given to the interest of the appointing authority. As in, the prime ministers who take that seat, they tend to do things which they think will please the appointing authority, which is the king, while at the same time uh, sacrificing the general lives of the people with respect to health care, to education, it is all in tatters because the focus of the prime ministers and their, and their cabinet is always towards the appointing authority. That was the major bone of contention. Mm-hmm. I stood with three members of parliament inside the house I raised that, no, it is time now that our government be elected by the masses. Time for appointing a government by the king is over. This thing of appointing a government is costing us big time. So that was the the, the point of contention. By the time that you and two of your colleagues decided to confront very openly the prime minister with this, it had been some months in the making that we had seen the parliament of Eswatini become a lot more robust in its debates. And even where certain bills were outright rejected, some had, have, have seen this as, as unprecedented. To be honest, my sister, uh, this is the 11th parliament, uh, which means it's been around 55 years 
almost every member of parliament that has been coming into this house. I don't know what kind of sickness they've always been having. You just, you just get there being elected by the people, but when you get inside, you shift loyalty. You start supporting the executive or supporting these moves that ill-treat the people. That's where we had to make a decision, the three of us. We said, no, it has been happening like this for over 50 years. But our people are so sick. Our people are so traumatized. 70% of the 1.2 million population is living below poverty line. Mm. The country is a mess. Then that pushed us to say, no, 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 we will break bounds. We'll do what has never been done in the country. As long as we know that we are serving the best interest of the people. What were, What was the particular legislation or bills that you had been talking about, that you had been raising, uh, you know, concerns about that uh, that you were dealing with, that perhaps you can just share with myself and, and, and the listeners this morning so that we can understand um, what it is that, that, that spurred on your action? Let me say, uh, Parliament, I think by March or when, last year, just before, just before COVID-19, cabinet brought a bill that, uh, that, that it was a long bill from India to construct a new parliament structure. Mm-hmm. That long bill was 1.5 billion. It, has, it had conditions that 65% of the building material will come from India. 65% of the labor will come from India. Yet we must pay the whole money is alone. That was number one. Number two, on the same bill, we are constructing a parliament that will be the most expensive parliament in the SATAC region when the elderly in our country are earning 500 Malangin, when the health infrastructure is crumbling, when the roads are not there, when education, people are self-funded. If you don't have money, you cannot go to secondary. We said, no, man, come on. What comes first? Is it the people or the infrastructure? Even the parliament we are using now is still okay. But why are we sinking the country in debt for, for things that can't help us? On top of that, there is an ISIS. I think it's a, it's a, it will never generate income. Always, it has just taken $6 billion to build one hotel, which cannot give the country a cent in return. These are the things. That, 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 have, that have pushed us to say, no, man, the focus of these p- people is on the cliff and clamor because they believe the king likes cliff and, and, and clamor mm. at the expense of the impoverished citizenry of the country. So you have a prime minister effectively that is out of touch with the needs of the people and oh, yes. seemingly wants to do things in your own words to please the king. What do exactly. we know about the relationship between the prime minister and the king and how much of what the prime minister is doing is actually coming out of the king's office? As far as we, we, we know, I'll first say we must please take note that for the prime minister to continue being a prime minister mm. under the current situation, he must please the king so that he can appoint him again and a number of people inside the house within the house we have 69 members of parliament 10 are appointed by the king 59 were elected by the people then we have a house of senate 
a bigger population, a, a bigger number on the House of Senate is, is, is appointed by the king. I'm trying to say the prime minister is psychologically, psychologically or indirectly, even directly, pushed to keep pushing things that will please the king. Some people can even allege that in all these bills that come, the, the hotels, the, the, the construction of the parliament, the king is suspected to have some interest behind mm. on it, personal interest. That has not been, uh, uh, what? That has not been, we, we're not yet sure of it, but those are allegations that are flying all over, which are also pushing us to say, no, no, no. It looks like that is true. They are really not serving the interest of the Swazis, but they're, they're serving the interest of the king. When you took this matter before the prime minister so questioning the ways in which the prime minister is actually put into office and saying that that needs to change because you believe he's not acting in the interests of the people what was his response there's always been okay i've never seen a, a government that is as arrogant as the government of eswatini but a government that is so witty and clever to fool the international community, sell them a perception that says Eswatini is a peaceful country when Eswatini truly is a silent country. So when we confronted him on these matters, he first said, what I'm speaking is not from the people as a member of parliament. He said, I must provide him with the minutes of the meeting where I was meeting the public and they gave me the mandate. After him saying that, people on the ground said, okay, because the other members of parliament are silent and they are 59 and they were elected by us, people started delivering petitions on the 59 constituencies that we have in the country. That is where this riot started. When people saying, because you said Tukauzela is lying, Mm. he doesn't have a backup, we'll go to the ground and give the other MPs the petitions. People were giving uh, the, the, the members of parliament petitions up until last week, Saturday, the 26th. They were supposed to come to my constituency to give me the petition, the people. Then government, because she knew that we will have the huge number, she knew that uh, the statement will be loud and clear. Mm. She then raised uh, COVID-19 uh, new regulations. That was number one. Number two said no one is allowed to be on the road on that day and number three i was under house arrest i wasn't allowed to go to my office to receive the petition from that day friday hell broke loose and as we speak today the whole country is on fire because of that and people are saying away with this kind Mm. of government people are so angry so frustrated myself i believe in dialogue and peace but now because the soldiers have been unleashed unto our masses Police are firing with live ammunition. It's so bad. Are you still under house arrest right now? After Monday, on Saturday, a number of people were arrested. Sunday and Monday, I was uh, assisting the people to, to get their bail. On Tuesday, when things get got too nasty, I had to change from my normal place of residence to still be in the country, Eswatini, but on another place because information came that they now they are now planning to assassinate me 
Mm-hmm. Not only me, but the other with the other two uh, members I'm working with, uh, the members of parliament. So I'm still in the country, but I had to relocate. I was under house arrest for the whole day Saturday, the day where the petitions were supposed to be delivered on on my office. This mm-hmm. was all because government decided to to deprive peaceful protesters a right to give me a petition. Describe to me, what did the house arrest look like? The government deployed armed forces to, to say to me, I'm not going anywhere today. Mm. I'll only go out on Sunday. Did they and have, I asked yeah. them, yeah. I asked them to give me instrument, written instruments and reasons why. They said it's because there are some people that spoken and I'll meet. And when I meet all those people, there will be riots. That was it. So I was under house arrest for that, mm. for actually no reason, in fact. There seems to be a, a, a meeting point, at least when we look at what the, the past week has held, of yeah. frustrations that has come together in a way that we have never seen in Eswatini before. Yeah. What, what do you think is driving that? And perhaps if you can also just look at the link of the activists. For a long time, we've had activists that have tried to agitate for some kind of, of change, in particular, again, where the position of the, of the prime minister is concerned. But, but that has not taken place. And in fact, that dissent has been very quickly quelled. This time, things are different. Yeah, I'll say maybe it's two or three reasons. One, I believe there's always time for everything. Two, I'll say it's maybe it's because it was for the first time that uh, Eswatin has people who stand from within the system and tell it point blank. Lastly, I think I'll say I'm not trying to make myself or the other two brothers of mine to be uh, kind of glory people, but I want to say, uh, it, it matters the way we've been living outside Parliament and inside Parliament. Mm-hmm. People know my life from outside Parliament. I've always been concerned about humanity. So when I stood inside the house with those two other brothers, when we stood, they knew it, has, it is truly from genuine concern. I know for a fact the other brothers and fathers who were fighting this thing were very much true. Just that the people could not understand by then, that, the, that these leaders were really truthful. But last, be, last before, I would say that the, the amount of torture, the amount of pressure on the masses, and the kind of life the royal family is living has agitated even the most staunch supporter of the system. So everything worked together to push people to say, enough is enough. And I say once more just now, Yes, I, I, I don't like the vandalism. I, I really, I'm really against all the vandalism. But really, we cannot walk back. We cannot give up. We cannot retreat now. We can't. We want a, a people's government by all means necessary. Honorable President Gauzela, he's a member of the Eswatini Parliament. We'll continue our conversation with him. He'll be joined by some of the activists in Eswatini as well. Nomsam Duli is standing by with your 1030 News headlines. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. 
Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point this morning and to get in touch with us for this hour, the number to use uh, is the usual number that we use, 011-714-2006. That's 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line, 614 I'll take your messages on social media at SFM Radio, the hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. We've been in conversation with Honourable President Gauzela. He's a member of the Eswadini Parliament. He is one of the MPs that has been at the forefront of calling for a change in as far as uh, the election or the appointment of the Prime Minister of Eswadini is concerned. And how that process has unfolded is what has led to the um, protests that we have been seeing. Uh, Mr. Gauzela, I-, I just want to speak about the king and what we know about the whereabouts of the king right now yeah uh, from my part I cannot say much where the king is but a few things I would love to underline I would say the world must not trust the acting prime minister or the current prime minister in whatever he says either he says the king is here or what that man cannot be trusted. I work with him inside parliament. He will say something inside and come up to say another thing on the outside. So, one, we don't know where the king is, but let's, let, let's, let, let's trust less from the current prime minister. In terms of the state response right now to the protests that are taking place, is, is there anything that parliament can do? All right, uh, when you look at what the state is doing, it is so horrible. They have released soldiers, and the soldiers are shooting to kill. This proves how arrogant a government that was never elected can be. That proves how arrogant a government that has never been elected can be. Mm. Uh, and then I will come back here and say, uh, I think parliament cannot help us. The parliament is a toothless dog. It's really a toothless dog under the situation. We need the king's advisors now. I think they can speak sense because it's only the king that can now help. Actually, it's not him. He has to talk to us with the aggrieved people. And we make time. We sit and talk. Then we address the people on media. I think that's the only way mm. forward that can work. The government can, cannot be listened anymore. But if the king can make means to talk to us as I speak now, I think a good deal could be brokered, but not without the Mm. presence of the international community. We don't trust anything. I can't go to the king without the presence of uh, Sadak bodies. I don't know what will befall me, because even now, I'm in hiding, because they want to assassinate us. Mm. So we need to be assured that we'll be safe when we we go to meet. So Sadak must restore peace and order in Eswatin, and we sit on a round table and talk, then the possible way forward can come. The other two MPs that took the stand with you, if you can just tell us who are they and and where are they right now? Have they also been forced into hiding as you have? Yes, both of them are, are in hiding. It, it, it's Hosea, member of parliament, and Ngwembisi is, is the constituency, and the Hosea is the constituency. And Ngwembisi, member of parliament, Honorable Mtandeni Tube. 
Yes, and now when I talk about way forward, it's not only me mm-hmm. and the other two MPs who need to talk to the king. It has to be me. It has to be the other members of parliament. It has to be the other formations who have always had uh, interest in this issue. Because this is not Gauzela's issue now. It's a national issue. There are many stakeholders that needs to be engaged. Then we go forward with one voice and say, no, sanity is prevailing now. Mm. Let me invite onto the conversation uh, Dr. Speto Dlamini, who is a political analyst. Dr. Dlamini, good morning. Welcome to the show today. Very good morning to your listeners as well. We have on the line uh, a member of the Eswatini Parliament, um, Honourable President Gauzela, and and you heard him. You heard him talk about how this moment needs um, the leadership of of SADC. It needs mediation. Uh, How is the best way to try and broker that right now? Look, um, I think it's an indisputable fact that uh, oh by the way very good morning to you Gauzela. thanks Lida. yes yeah it's an indisputable fact that if you are looking at the current political climate in swaziland you you really need to find yourself looking at the kind of cleavages that are in existence because you'll understand that conflict in any society usually uh, comes up because of different cleavages in that particular community or or society. In this case, of course, one can confidently say that the main cleavages that need to be looked at, particularly in Swaziland or Eswatini, is ideological and class cleavages. And in such cases, you then need to find a relevant system of governance that is going to bring forth or carry an element of a conflict resolution uh, mechanism. And uh, one of the key areas of focus should then be a negotiated settlement between various parties. To a great extent, I must say that such parties need to include different stakeholders. Mm. It is loud and clear, of course, what a president is basically saying, to say uh, there is an element of uh, what I will say in inverted commas, fear, within, you know, those who are advocating for a multi-party democracy in, in Swaziland. And so it's safe to say that the presence of such, you know, international bodies uh, or such uh, organizations would be an imperative, not only to bring forth an element of transparency uh, from the government and to the people, but to also give assurance to those who are representing and those who are represented as well. In order to have such a negotiation or even to have an an environment that leads to such a negotiation, there would need to be some level of acceptance from uh, the king himself that the system that is currently being used is not working for for the people. It's something that has long been raised and the, the king has not acceded to that. What would make it different this time around, do you think? No, look, I think, I think uh, there's been some kind of uh, specific gaps that uh, I can say could be, you know, identified uh, in Eswatini. In For example, I think one should not undermine the fact that the current prime minister is, is, is on acting basis, uh, even though he still has uh, those uh, executive powers uh, to, make, to make decisions. But of course, such cannot be uh, undermined, of course. But there's another element. There hasn't been much seen with the, right, with the side of uh, the role of the king's advisors. 
Uh, you know, the silence is basically too loud in quite a number of, uh, of these uh, stakeholders that uh, need to find themselves participating in this. If we were to pave way for the politics of Eswatini to be stabilized mm. in this current juncture, mm. it's imperative that we should already be hearing echoing voices from different angles of society, particularly the ones that are going to find themselves eventually in that negotiation platform, if indeed it does come to be. Mr. Gauzela, do you believe that you are at the point now where there will be a hand extended for negotiation? I think uh, the government has no option. They have to call for a negotiated settlement. They don't have an option. The the demolition on the ground, the havoc is too large. Even now, I'm I'm disappointed that Sadak is still not there. When a number of people died this night, people were shot, cold-blooded shooting. So I'm saying, I think we're at that juncture now. And and there's very little credible information coming out about the number of people that have or, or are being killed and those that, that are being uh, arrested. So in terms of trying to get a sense of what's happening on the ground, how are you doing that? Let me say, it has, I said last time, the government is too arrogant. The government of Eswatini was too obsessed with power. It was too much lying to the international community and it was believed. You see, they deliberately switched off the internet. How can a government switch off the, the, the internet of the country? They're doing that so that you cannot get what is happening on the ground. Mm. They are hiding the act of massacring numbers and numbers of people. Let me bring into the conversation Sbongile Mazibuko. She is the president of the Nwani National Lab- Liberatory Congress, the NNLC, uh, also based in Eswatini. Uh, Mama Zibuko, good morning to you and, and thank you for your time and for being part of this conversation. Oh, good morning. Thank you for including me. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about what has been happening uh, over the last couple of weeks in terms of, of these protests and perhaps even your own personal experience. Uh, what was what is happening uh, was not necessary. Uh, much as we are demanding multi-party democracy, uh, what what the services required was a simple exercise, where even our members of parliament, who who are powerless, who have a powerless parliament. Uh, were demanding, sources were demanding to uh, to to submit their 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 challenges to them so that they can debate them in parliament. Mm. To hear them, it gives us hope that something will happen. But uh, the moment they started denying uh, these uh, people uh, going to their uh, constituencies to submit to their members of parliament. Uh, then then the havoc started. In fact, uh, we appreciate uh, uh, the members of parliament that are inside the city. Uh, they, they have contributed a lot, uh, including us outside, working together. We do appreciate that. 
The whole idea is someone with power, uh, the elephant is in the room. A king with power uh, even to kill. Uh, power to dismiss parliament, to dissolve parliament. Uh, power to dismiss all cabinet ministers. Power to dismiss and hire all judges. Uh, uh, so long as they don't uh, give judgment that he wants to hear. All those people must say what he wants to hear, including parliamentarians. A, 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 a person who uh, believes it is only himself around this 27.5 uh, square kilometers in this country. He runs it like a farm. Uh, that, that is why uh, even those uh, uh, members of parliament uh, that decided it was enough inside uh, that uh, and us outside, uh, he, he, he is meeting us with uh, killing people everywhere. Now, uh, I, I believe that uh, uh, the man has, has immersed so much well to himself that he doesn't want to hear anything. He has taken all the farms, allocated them to his children. He, he has taken land displacing people, uh, preparing for his own children. As they multiply in number, he's taking over. Uh, uh, uh. He has journalists that are honest, like uh, uh, it's the news uh, journalists. They are outside the country. Uh, uh. The, the members of the parliament, members of parliament, they will say something he, if he doesn't want to hear it. He will tell them to shut up, and they shut up, and they go and apologize uh, to him uh, in terms of paying some cows. Uh, this is just a farm, more than m- more than a farm. In the agriculture, everywhere he has taken over. He's taking over business everywhere. That is why what is happening in the country. People say they don't want to know anything about anything that is associated with him be it a business, be it a farm, be it a, a, a transport industry, people are turning it down. Anything that has his name around, they don't want to hear it anymore. So this is the situation that we have in the country now. And uh, my, my take is that uh, uh, why is uh, South Africa quiet? Uh, during the time of uh, apartheid, it was not the Tingunja system of government, nor the government of the day that was a, 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 that assisted freedom fighters. They were hidden in our family. Mm. The Boas came to bomb our houses with our children. We sacrificed lives, even in Swaziland, as individuals, with the concept of Ubuntu, saying. Uh, if uh, if another fellow African uh, uh, is dying, uh, we are also dying. That is the concept we use. It was never the king. It was never anyone that needs to be celebrated as South Africa is doing today. We expect our fellow South Africans uh, to, to to shorten this. People are dying slowly. The 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 the, the, the army has been unleashed, unleashed by the king who I believe is still around because he's the only one who can sanction the army. Uh, they are being shot. Uh, they are thrown into the fire because there's some fire there. 
uh, people are burning, they, they throw them into the fire so that they become ashes, so that numbers cannot be, uh, can, cannot, cannot be, we do not know how many people. Why is Mozambique uh, quiet? Uh, we did so much for our neighbors. We are crying in the wilderness. We expect better from those that we helped before. Uh, we are dying. We are dying. Mm. Sadak is clapping hands. We did appeal to Sadak. Sadak say, find a domestic problem, a, a domestic solution. How can you have a domestic solution in a system where the judges are appointed by him? You go to court, he is snatched somebody's wife from, from the blanket. He slept with her. And he took her back. Uh, he does anything to this overwhelming power. Uh, the man now is nowhere to be found. There is a lot that is happening. Mm. His brother's child has raised a, 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 a first-year student at the university, and he refused that, that that man should be arrested. His brother's child, Prince Clem. A lot has happened in this country. Uh, we, we are helpless and helpless. We are looking forward. We thought Ramaphosa, eh, because ANC, they were liberated. They were housed by us. We contributed to their strategy. We are expecting him to say what is happening. People are dying every hour, every minute, as I talk right now. Eh, this is an expression we say when we are dying. Ms. Mazbuko, yeah. you know, that, that has been quite a lot um, that, that you have said. And, and quite frankly, I'm just trying to, uh, trying to process all of it. In terms of the different activists that you work with and that are in different parts of the country right now, what are they telling you? about their own personal statuses uh, and, and, and also the fact that, you know, earlier we're talking about the shutdown of the internet. How has that affected your ability to communicate but also to mobilize amongst yourselves? Yes, the, the internet is off because the king has shared in both internet providers uh, the, the, the Swazi mobile belongs to him 100%, and the uh, MTN, uh, he has shares there. He has shares almost in all the companies in this country. All this, that want to invest, they must give him shares for free. Mm. That is why there's no investment anymore. But we have hope that if he, if he, if he is removed, uh, life will start again. Swazis will have life again. We have investors who we will not ask to give shares to anyone. That is the thinking that we have now. Uh, yes, we can meet. Uh, like uh, uh, we, the the Council of Churches has called a meeting for civic society, including a representative trying to make us meet with the royal family, those that are looking for, uh, for democracy and the royal family. Uh, but it is impossible. It is impossible. We can't meet online. 
uh, because you cannot cross. If you are in Babani, you can't reach Mazini. If you are in Mazini, you can't reach Babani. Uh, burning, the burning, burning here and there, it has gone even to the rural area, where we've, uh, mostly all the shops in the rural areas have been, have been taken over by Asians because this, the poverty level, which is now approaching 70%, uh, around 63%, approaching, going up, uh, has made Swazis to be hapless. They cannot mm-hmm. run their own shows. So uh, Asians who were imported by the king uh, 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 have taken over all business in the whole country. And the, the, the Taiwan, the Chinese uh, are in the industry. They pay Swazis less than half of what uh, they pay South Africans sure. because you are not democratized. Sure. Uh, when they were brought into the country, they were told that Swazis are cheap. Uh, it's cheap labor. If you need cheap labor, you go to Swazis. So the, the Swazis live next to nothing. Uh, uh, that is the situation that, that we have now. Mm. We have plans to meet, but we can't meet. We need to meet and, 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 and show direction to what is happening on the ground, but there's no way we can meet because uh, there, there's no internet. You cannot travel unless you have a helicopter. Uh, if we had a helicopter, like his children use helicopters to travel uh, anywhere they want to travel, they sometimes have lunch uh, in the air uh, with uh, uh, our testing. Uh, we don't have some means. I wish we could meet. But if Ramaphosa... Uh, would 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 intervene right mm. now. Mm. Uh, something can happen. Uh, we can have a way to meet uh, and start a way forward now. But in, now it looks like everyone is turning a, a blind eye, even those that yeah. uh, we trust most. Yeah. Let me just perhaps bring the conversation here because we're also running out of time and I'm going to have to wrap up with it soon. Mr. Gauzela, what what do you want to see right now in this moment? My humble plea is to the people of South Africa and the entire world, in particular the SADC uh, leadership. Precisely, uh, Babura Maposa, please, can you urgently, uh, as a matter of time, check our issue as what in, restore peace and order, and then let's have a round table and talk. If we'll go to radio together, if, if, if we can sit down around, around the, the round table, I'm sure uh, there'll be order. But failing which, more lives will be lost tonight. And it's so breaking my heart. I'm also saying to Emaswati, please stop banning. Uh, please stop vandalizing. Try your level best to be as safe as possible. Because if the army was mine, I'll be telling them, stop shooting our people. But the spirit, the spirit of resilience, we are saying for whatever. We cannot turn back now. We have been, we have been under this, this thing for too many years. We have been tortured for too many years. It is enough. Thank you. Ms. Mazibuko? In, in this moment, the same question, what would you like to see? We would like intervention from, immediate intervention, uh, in particular from President Ramaphosa, because we, we are sharing a border 
we are almost a province in South Africa. And if he does not do that, uh, uh, there, there will be a spillover. The situation of Zimbabwe will come. He will not be able to afford it uh, uh, with the budget that has been streamlined for South Africans only to um, accommodate 1.2 million. The uh, South Africans will turn against him. It will increase this xenophobic attitude that happened, uh, that, that uh, uh, South Africans, they are justified. They fought for their own liberation. But we, if he doesn't, uh, if your neighbor uh, has not uh, uh, planned his, 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 cleaned his yard, uh, the mice will come to your own yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not about us. It's about he is South African and us. Are they ready to share their resources with us? If this, he ignores. Dr. Speto Dlamini, let me give you an opportunity to come in and, and weigh in on this conversation. You've heard the request, and I suppose the ball lies in the court of, of the South African government in, in the regional group SADC. We, ha- we haven't heard anything from either yet. Yeah, no, look, I, I think uh, uh, the request, if I were to put it like that, uh, that there is merit in what uh, has been has been asked uh, by, by, by the two presidents. Uh, and, of course, mine would just to, to be to say that, you know, if, if you look at uh, other countries that have uh, found themselves, you know, being trapped in this kind of uh, political hiki-haka, for lack of a better word, countries like Lebanon, Kenya, you know, Zimbabwe, they, 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 to some extent, have been able to, through negotiations, found themselves coming together and, uh, you know, finding uh, political significant points of convergence. Mm. And therefore, this is a possibility. All the Maswati must be aware that this is something that has happened in the past. And it is quite important also to understand that currently uh, the king is the monarch as per the constitution. And therefore, a strategy would be imperative uh, to say, why first not look into, uh, you know, amending, uh, you know, Section 67 of the Constitution, if I'm not mistaken. And that is what is basically being followed by, uh, you know, uh, those who are advocating for democracy. You know, there's an African proverb, Kathy, that says that uh, if an ear refuses to pay heed to advice, uh, when the head is cut off, the ear falls along with it as well. And with that, I just want to say that it, it, it would be it would be great to say let us no more see uh, bloodshed, uh, you know, happening in Swaziland because this will seriously have detrimental effect economically, politically, socially. Already, the state in that country is not so friendly. I mean, uh, there's quite a lot that is happening, and uh, uh, once the people have spoken, it is my belief that there's going to be a, a pathway, a fresh pathway as soon as uh, the king, the advisors, and all those in authority are willing to sit down and talk to Maswati. But finally, uh, 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 that which is happening with regards to the looting, of course, and the violence. You know, one can actually argue to say people are actually hungry in Swaziland for having done mm-hmm. that. But it's something that is not meant to be happening. You know what I mean? This is not to say that I'm justifying what is happening. 
But look at how much the looting is taking place, Kathy. If you have mm. seen that mm. in social media, it's like these people have been desperately waiting for this to happen, not because they want to participate in uh, in this kind of of of, 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 of protest, but because they see food in such huge amounts for the first time, that should be interpreted in a very beautiful way to say there is an urgent need for countries such as South Africa, SADC, and other parties that are concerned to come together and uh, find ways of uh, bringing the country back to stability. Let me thank all of my guests for being part of this conversation. We will certainly be keeping in touch. It's 11 o'clock and I'm standing by with your latest news.